Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Luke Diamond. And I'm Tiffany Bui. What's the hot scoop, Tiff? I've been keeping an eye on this Ellen DeGeneres and Bush controversy. Ooh. Have any hot takes? You know, I don't. My only take is I don't understand. Like, okay, so Ellen DeGeneres is at a football game. Why, why is she going with Bush? And like, why a football game? It's a very odd setting for a very odd duo. I've mostly just been keeping track on social media, which is always a bad place to keep track of controversial Mm -hmm. issues. Um, It's destroyed me, uh, destroyed my faith a little bit in people's ability to get along. But, you know, um, get along we do. You and I do it every week. Somehow. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Okie doke. Speaking of which, let's get to the episode. Three weeks ago, the Trump administration, as it often does, made an announcement. And today his campaign announced the president will be holding a rally at Target Center on October the 10th. Now this announcement comes in the middle of an impeachment investigation by Democrats in Washington. The big news was that the Trump administration's first campaign rally after the launch of the impeachment inquiry would be held in our very own Minneapolis, Minnesota. Many Minnesotans made it immediately clear that they did not welcome Trump into our state or our city, including the city's mayor, Jacob Fry. Under normal circumstances, I'd be thrilled to welcome a sitting president to Minneapolis. But let's be real, these are not normal circumstances. This is not a normal president. But last Friday, President Trump arrived nonetheless. Hours before the rally was scheduled to begin at Target Center in downtown Minneapolis, the streets began to fill with thousands of supporters and protesters. Tiffany covered the event. Leading up to the rally, what was it like outside of Target Center? So I got to downtown Minneapolis about three hours before Trump was scheduled to speak, um, and people were already lining up in front of Target Center, um, anti-Trump protesters. How many protesters were there? Directly in front of Target Center, there were, they were like filling the streets, holding up signs, flipping people off, and there are people inside Target Center in their Trump gear staring down, some were pointing, laughing. And I don't know how much the people inside could hear, but the people outside were trying to be heard. They had some people had megaphones, they started chants, they started singing. They also had whistles. There was a, one person walking around handing out a box of, I want to say like orange whistles. And I'm assuming that's uh, to mean whistleblower? Yeah, um, there was one student I talked to um, that thought it, it was a way to represent the voices of those who don't have voices in a way. So different people have different interpretations. So as the Trump supporters are arriving, how are they making it into Target Center and how are they interacting with the protesters? So police had fenced off the entrance of um, Target Center. So there were protesters on one side of the fence and there were protesters right up against the fence. So when Trump supporters were making their way to get into Target Center, they had to sort of go through this like valley of protesters. They were surrounded on all sides. There was jeering, there was heckling, you know, some, some people yelled at them that they were racist. And at one point, there was this larger man wearing um, a Confederate flag hoodie. It was a red hoodie with a Confederate flag on it. And he was just standing there and being surrounded on all sides. Um, and then people started yelling, Fuck you, Nazi! Fuck you, Nazi! Fuck you, Nazi! Wow. 
While all of this is happening outside, what's your sense of what's happening inside as the rally starting? Yeah. So once the rally begins, President Trump starts speaking, all of the people who want to go see him are inside. Uh, I think the crowd of anti-Trump protesters thins out a bit. So I make my way over to this overflow lot where, you know, Trump supporters who couldn't get a ticket, couldn't get in, are just watching the president speak on a jumbotron. Um, And from what I heard, the president was addressing um, accusations against him with the Ukraine. My phone call, as an example, with the president of Ukraine was perfect. Everybody that looked at it. And the only reason I released it was that the Democrats put out a phony narrative. He took shots at Joe Biden. He was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. He took shots at Ilhan Omar, especially. Congresswoman Omar is an America-hating socialist. She minimized the September 11th attack on our homeland. At the end of the rally, when the Trump supporters are leaving, are there still protesters outside? Yeah, there are people waiting for these Trump supporters to leave the venue. And there were definitely police on protester clashes. At one point, the police started spraying chemical irritants in the air. Um, They were pushing back against protesters. And that way it got a lot more tense and physical than it was earlier that afternoon. Did these protests ever become violent? I heard from another reporter that some punches were traded between Trump supporters and the anti-Trump protesters that were there. I think for the most part, the police had a gauge on the atmosphere of how the protesters were feeling. So I wouldn't, I would say the situation was tense. I wouldn't say it was like sustained violence. As someone who was on the streets among the protesters for the full extent of the rally, what did you make of the protester rally experience? Um, they wanted to be visible, both the um, some of the people who came to support Trump and those who came to protest them. And I think a lot of people on both sides were predicting how the other side would act. Um, so I, I had a sense that people on both sides were just like feeling each other out. Democrats are on a crusade to destroy our democracy. That's what's happening. Together we will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America safe again, and we will make America great again. Thank you, Minnesota. Thank you. Here's the rest of the U's news. A man died after being discovered in Marcy Holmes with a stab wound in his chest Wednesday morning. 
He received medical assistance on the scene and died later at a hospital. The cause of death was ruled to be a homicide. The 27-year-old victim was not a university student. Over 1,600 members of University of Minnesota have signed a petition asking for compensation for graduate students who have faced increased medical costs due to changes in student insurance. The petition follows a change of providers by the University Office of Student Health Benefits for its Graduate Assistant Health Plan. The University of Minnesota Alumni Association recently launched a new network for LGBTQ students. Its goal is to give current and former LGBTQ students the opportunity to forge professional and personal connections among one another beyond their college experience. This episode of In the Know was produced by me, Luke Diamond, and was reported by my co-host, Tiffany Bowie. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out the Minnesota Daily Sports Podcast, The Weekly Rundown, hosted by our sports editor, Paul Hodawanek. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.